Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Genius Brain listeners, this podcast is brought to you by Hero Bread. Listen, I've talked about Hero Bread a million times over, and I'm telling you right now, they have some of the best guilt-free bread I've ever had in my life, and I'm not just saying that. I'm talking about taste and texture-wise. You, you just can't beat it. Hero Bread has zero to one grams of net carbs, zero gram sugar, and is high in fiber. And guess what? Now it's made with heart-healthy olive oil for an added boost of healthy fats as well. I'm telling you right now, I made a BLT with this, and it was freaking delicious. If I if I eat bread, this is the bread that I'm eating. You guys have to get this. I'm not just saying it's so freaking good. You could do whatever you want with this type of stuff. I mean, they even have burger breads, right? So if you want to make a, a fire ass burger, they got like tortillas too for their if you if you eat breakfast burritos as much as I do, dude. Money. It's so freaking good. Good. It's hard to say which one my favorite stuff is just because like if I'm going to make a wrap or I'm going to do any type of sandwich of any sort, I'm going to use Hero Bread because I get to eat without all the guilt and it's literally my favorite. So genius brain listeners, do not miss out on this. Make sure you get Hero Bread. You will not regret it. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order for their new recipe. Go to Hero dot co and use code genius 10 at checkout that's g-e-n-i-u-s one zero at hero dot co if you don't allow them to change and you still shit on them for stuff that they used to do why change right why not stick to the same shit that you always do if you do not accept the 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 path that they took to become better they might as well just do the same shit and that's what's happening oh if you're gonna shit on me for this word that I said or the things that I've done that I've already apologized for, that I've decisively decided in my life to change about myself, but you still hate me for it, then fuck it. Then I guess I'm going to be the same. And I've seen that. In five, four, three, two, one. 안녕하세요. 안녕하세요. <laughs> Welcome to a genius of brain, a Korean podcast. <laughs> <laughs> 
I would love to do a podcast in all Korean if I, my Korean was fluent enough, but I can't Dude, do it. I think I'd look like an idiot. <laughs> hey, Dove Founder did a podcast in all Korean once. Really? He had a bunch of, uh, I guess, like other Korean musicians on it. Oh. I was uh, like, damn, this fool's Korean is trash. <laughs> so did he have to put subtitles in the Dove, listening to him to speak Korean, like, I wanted to kill myself. I was like, oh, Jesus shit. Christ, man. Like, you think your Korean's bad? His Korean is fucking terrible. Man, I speak like a baby Konglish. It's just the way I grew up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, that's how, well, I thought he could speak Korean a lot better just because he grew up in K-Town. Not the case. <laughs> Absolutely not the case. He's probably gotten a lot better, though, because yeah. he's been to Korea so much. But I was actually pretty surprised how bad his Korean was. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I was very proud of mine at the time. I was like, oh, shit, mine's not as bad as I thought it was. <laughs> but a lot of Korean Americans are like that, though. Mm. Um, when I first met Mariel, and I told her that I could speak Korean a little bit, she was like, <laughs> she actually was like fairly surprised because she was like, oh, yeah, you could speak Korean. And then when we did this, you know, the... The, the sketches together. She was like, oh, yeah. you can't speak Korean. I'm like, what do you mean? She goes, most most of the people that I've met that lived in LA, unless they were like either born in Korea, yeah. they can't really speak Korean. And then she heard me speak Korean to my mom. And she was shocked that I could actually speak. Yeah. She goes, oh, you know how to even say numbers. <laughs> she was talking to me like I was an idiot. <laughs> when I have to do numbers, I have to like count, uh, <laughs> count my fingers and shit. You know what was the worst is that uh, Dan and I went to Korea together. And so our friend Dan, he's half white, half Korean, but he looks full white, right? Mm -hmm. And so when we went to Korea together, Dan was relying on me to like have to speak oh, Korean. No, and then I'm sitting there with these Korean, but then when, when I'm with Korean people in Korea, different. it's different and I start to sweat and I'm like, uh, uh. The thing with Dan though is that he has like a minimal baby, like Korean too, right? Yeah. But when I try to speak Korean in Korea, I'm an idiot. Yeah, you know, <laughs> they like, just look oh, at me like, what he's is a retard. Yeah, he's <laughs> yeah. like, but then when Dan had to just try to speak for himself, they love it. They love him for speaking Korean. And then the white guy, yeah, the white guy speaking Korean. I would have outed him. They're like, you know, he's half Korean. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's half Korean. He's probably speak English. Every time he tells people he's half Korean, people don't believe him. Oh, because he looks just, straight white. He looks straight white. Yeah, yeah. But he's Korean as shit. Yeah, like he's, he's more Korean. Than everything anything. on the inside is so Korean. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dude, the funniest story that you told me was the thing in the elevator with that. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, we're there was uh what's it? There's that. It was like a pretty famous uh, Norabang in K Town. It was like on the top floor of some um, mall or plaza, and then, you know, we're all leaving. It's like I don't know. 2 a.m. or some shit, 4 a.m. And um, so everybody's got to go. And then the elevator's packed. And then Dan's just drunk. And then, uh, so because it's so packed, the elevator doors wouldn't close because Dan's butt was standing in the way. He had his back facing it. And it was like, bing, bing. Mm -hmm. And he goes, oh, oops, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, sorry, guys, sorry, everyone. And then this Korean girl, <laughs> what's sitting in the back like yeah. right and Dan looks at her and he goes do you guys you're being loud you bitch yeah, so, she was so fucking embarrassed <laughs> and everyone else in the elevator was cracking yeah. up at this girl like <laughs> oh my god dude Dan is so when Dan's drunk he is so fucking funny yeah. dude and you no, know, in K Town too. Like we we'll always have him order, because all the Ajumas and Nimos they love him, mm -hmm. and then they hook it up because this cute Korean guy is oh Imo, you Daikokana Yeah, 
you know, when I went to Korea, man, like it, it's it's crazy how uh, accommodating accommodating they are to like Westerners because all the street names in Korea now mm. they all have uh, the English translation in the bottom. All right, it's all Romanized. It's right? all Romanized because I'm, of the military presence, right? Yeah. yeah, every fucking street. So if you if you are looking for a place to be and you don't know what the street, if somebody tells you in Korean, you could actually just see the Romanized version yeah, in English. Yeah, yeah. So you could actually get around. It's very very accommodating to people who are. are are not from there, right. which I'm really surprised. It's like, it's it's kind of nice. Yeah. And then those streets aren't like blocks, you know? Yeah. <laughs> They're like <laughs> spaghetti streets. Yeah. And the cool, cool thing about Mariel is like, because Mariel lived in Korea and, and her, you know, her Korean is really fucking good. Yeah. Like, like when I, when I heard her speak Korean already, it's, it's way, way better than mine, right? And then in Korea, because she was only speaking it all the time, it got better and better and better. And to a certain point where they didn't even realize that she was from the States. Right. But they could tell I'm from the States immediately. Right. And they, every time I would talk, they would just look at her. I'm like, all right, okay, we're done here. <laughs> I, I think there's a thing like um, my friend had some kind of, I forget if it was like a biology class or something, but um, it was like Asian Americans who grow up in America actually start looking different than Asians in Asia. Really? Because of our languages we speak, the way our tongue develops changes our, face. changes our facial structure. The the emotions we emote because it's the American style, it changes the muscles in our face. Dude, Korean people in Korea look different than us. Yeah, they look way different. Yeah, I'm like, look at you, gooks, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Not until you meet a girl who's been to the Gangnam plastic surgery, oh. they all look alike. It's hard to like. It's hard to pinpoint. Like, yo, like, yeah. I don't say all Koreans look alike, but one you guys do that. One of the coolest things that I saw in Korea from the, the difference that I saw um, from when I was fourteen years old. When I was fourteen, I specifically remember how homogenous society was. Yeah, everybody looked the same. Everybody dressed the same, and it's still like that to a certain extent, right? But yeah. we have that here too, where everybody does their makeup the same or whatever. Um, but when I was there. All the clothing styles were a little different. Mm. So, yeah, there's certain things that are hot right now. So right now, the hottest thing that I've seen with young people, because I was out in, um, not Busan or, uh, not, not not Busan, African, um, what's it called? Hongdae. I was in Hongdae. Yeah. It's like the pop popping spot, right, for all the young people, all the college students. Because yeah. Hongdae University is right there. Is everybody's dressing like fucking John Travolta in Greece? Greece. What? That's like the hottest thing. So it's like the rolled up uh, black shirt, yeah. gold chain, <laughs> like baggy pants. They put their cigarette in their sleeves too. Basically, dude. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, and they're when they walk around with their girls, they do it like in the old 50s, 60s with their arms over the girl. Oh my god. I was tripping out. I'm like, yo. So this is like the hot thing, but they still. That's the cool thing to do right now. But mm -hmm. they, everybody still has like their own individual style, right? Which is very cool and I, I think it's like the onset of the internet where people internet, get to pick and choose social their shit. media yeah. yeah they start seeing a lot more fashion shit coming through different instagram like and they can you know choose to be different i mean in a homogenized society yeah you want to stand out it's kind of like in japan too right mm -hmm. because like everybody typically like looks the same they they try very hard to like stand out mm -hmm. right in japan i noticed that too like um in in korea that when the last time I went was like 2009, that was a while ago. But yeah, it was like, wow, everybody kind of looks the same. At that time, like you'd see so many girls wearing uh, flannel, like mm. flannel, long sleeve flannel shirts. And then typically now when I see that, they're like the Christian girls. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like the modest, it's the modest look. I remember just, just going there too. One of the things that I always, I feel like, it was good for me to go to Korea because I got to see stuff that was outside of just what we see in Korean media. Mm -hmm. And and I think I've been very hypercritical, specifically because 
how do I say this? I, I dislike, one of the things that maybe I dislike about the culture that we're from is the idea that we always have to change and just mangle our face to fit a Western ideal of what mm. beauty is. Mm. And that shit fucking hurts me every time that I see it. Yeah. Um, you don't see that as much in like Korea. Other, everybody looks a little different. And, you know, obviously the makeup's the same and, you know, guys are wearing, you know, their foundation or whatever. That's fine. Yeah. But when we see it in Korean media, these people don't look human. Right. And they're supposed to be the representation of what they believe is idealistically beautiful, mm -hmm. but they're following what Western trends are. And, you know, Western people are beautiful in their own way, but we have our own set of beauty too, and we should have our own standards. But yeah. we keep looking towards this Western style, bigger eyes, sharper nose, you the know. The fucking V chin. The V chin, you know. That's why we have, you know, all these Miss Koreas that look exactly yeah. the same. Yeah, oh my gosh. Did you see that uh, gif where it's like, or GIF, I guess, where it's the Miss Korea contestants, and then it cycles through them, like one frame each, and it just looks like the same exact person. It's fucking crazy. It's crazy. Like, how do you select Miss Korea if they're all the same? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, just pick the one that would look like the other one. Yeah. There's this, there's this show that Mariel's watching. It's like a dating show in Korea where partners swip, uh, they swap partners. Mm. And they're obviously selecting people who are going to be exciting, entertaining, or whatever. But every single girl had an immense amount of plastic surgery to right. their face. And I'm looking at them, and it's like, dude, you took the humanness away from who you are. Mm -hmm. Like somebody told you, or you were not so much forced to believe, but you you kind of had this idea that you're you're not beautiful. Right. Like the face that you were given isn't beautiful. And I'm pretty, and I've seen like photos of other celebrities when they were younger and they were freaking pretty. But they had a, they were pressured into looking like this look. Dude, have you seen that girl from that uh, band uh, 21? Um, which one? Dude, let me, let me, let me look up her name and Robin Couch will find her for you. By the way, every podcast you are going to hear me say Robin Couch because she is the shit. <laughs> and we have fact checkers here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Finally. <laughs> which is where we fuck up. Hey, Robin, can you look up uh, P-A-R-K space B-O-M, Pakbom? Sorry, spell that again, P-A-R-K. P-A-R-K space B-O-M. All right, on it. Yeah, and so this is a really popular group. Uh, you guys may have heard of this girl named CL. She was like the rapper. She actually yeah, had a yeah. debut in, in the States. Yeah. Fucking amazing she artist. Just, she just played uh, Coachella, and then they had a reunion, 21 oh, reunion. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. But you look at this girl, Pakbom. Her face is nuts. Look, no disrespect to her, right? I understand. But she has gotten addicted to, pl to plastic surgery. Yeah. She does not look human anymore. Um, and I look at that, and every time she, you know, debuts or whatever, you see her face change again and again. Um, so. Oh, man, she doesn't look. I mean, like, I went to one of their concerts back in. Oh, back in 2012. Oh, shoot. If you see a picture of her face before, she was adorable. Yeah, yeah. But she got addicted to the plastic surgery thing, and she stopped looking human. Yeah, yeah. How fucking nuts is that? Yeah, I guess like when if you're getting older and older, oh my gosh, like um, what is it called? Uh, dysmorphia. Yeah, body dysmorphia. Body right? dysmorphia. Yeah, they just keep. I mean, like we see it in Beverly Hills with all these older white what women. What was wrong too. with their previous face? Yeah, nothing. 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 Absolutely nothing. But you can't convince people otherwise that they're beautiful if they don't feel it inside. Yeah, you know. And I think sometimes too. I, I think a lot of Korean people have to understand this. Like, you know, you are responsible for this youth and how they feel about themselves because you are the the litmus test or the indicator for what they believe is a, a center beauty standard. Yeah. And we see that so much in like Korean society. 
And it starts to eat me up a little bit. So when I hear like some of my friends, they go, oh, I want to do this. Just age. Mm-hmm. You are supposed to age. Your face is supposed to change. It's fucking okay. Yeah. You're kind of like investing into something that's very fleeting. I actually uh, edited a short doc on plastic surgery in Korea. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Um, and to be honest, when they do minimal work, like it looks great. Yeah. Like especially when they get older. Like, okay, so like what I mean about like that LA look, these older white women that, or even white like They look like men, cats. They look like cats. Yeah. Like with their straight... Their, their face stretched back, right? And then I saw this picture of this uh, white lady who went to Korea to get work done, like an older like lady, and she looked great because it was very minimal. But then, damn, there's a place where you cross the line, like, yeah, where you look like a cat, you look like a weird anime character that just, is it's not human anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and then, I know what you're talking about too because um, there's a friend of mine who, has been getting Botox for years, and I just didn't know. Yeah. And she's been doing it so subtly and minimally just to get rid of fine lines. Right. You just would have never known. Yeah, yeah. I, I would have never fucking known. And once again, your face, your body, do whatever the fuck you want, right? It's just my opinion about how it kind of affects women's um, perception of themselves. Like, they don't want to age. Like, you never want to age. Mm. And I, I get it. Like, you know, as I get older, too, I'm noticing the bags and, you know, the circles, the fine lines or whatever. But... It's okay. Yeah. Like I mean I mean like Sylvester Stallone these days too. It's like oh. what's what's wrong with your eyebrows? Yeah. And your lip? Like <laughs> you know, sly. What happened? Yeah. You know? It's just a weird perception that I've seen and you know, I think what I've seen online is that there's like this shift of before it was this movement of telling uh this young generation that hey, you're beautiful the way that you are. You mm. know, find the things that you love about yourself and focus on that. And the differences is kind of what makes everybody beautiful. If yeah. everybody looked exactly the same, you have nothing to bounce off of. Like the the American Sweet 16 thing is like, oh, getting a car, mm-hmm. right? In Korea, like nobody has cars anymore, right? So it's like, I'm, I, you keep seeing different docs, like all sorts of people who interview high school kids and they're all looking forward to their plastic surgery. All of them are looking forward to getting work done. And that's so wild. But then in that society, it's completely acceptable. Yeah. accepted like man that's so wild like it, it kind of hurts yeah as a korean person to be like dude it's this is you this is us like this is what we look like yeah it's, it's not even just accept what you have it's more like no what you have is fucking beautiful yeah you have fooled yourself into believing that somebody else's standards of what something beautiful is is what you should base your life on but it's also leaking into other countries like the Philippines, Thailand, and like Indonesia. They start coming to Korea mm-hmm. and then they want to get this. It's it's not like they want to look Korean. They want to get the plastic surgery Korean look. Yeah. Yeah. But see, and this is why I also understand why there was a movement in like the black community of black is beautiful. Yeah. Because people have been told for so long that the darker your skin, the uglier you are. Yeah. But it's, you know. You're going to be like, yo, Kooky is beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> dude. Monolith is beautiful. Monolith is beautiful, dude. Yeah. And you know what? Trends will change. Yeah. Trends always change, man. After a while, people are like, oh, maybe I don't like the double eyelid. Maybe I want the single one. It's like, well, what happened? I thought this was the standard for what you thought beauty was, but that stuff always shifts and change. So yeah. I, I, I understand now even more so why people fight this idea of, you know, the more lighter skin that you have, the more beautiful that you are. Mm-hmm. Because imagine like like what black Americans ha- had to deal with their whole life. Yeah. You know, especially like women too. There's a reason why like even um, like the black American woman experience with their hair. Their hair, yeah. You know, like 
I, I had friends who told me, like, I remember when I was a kid, if, if I went outside and uh, I didn't put a flat iron to my hair, I didn't flatten out my hair, I didn't gel it up, I didn't put my hair in a ponytail or whatever, mm. like, my, my aunt would be like, you're not walking out like that. Or your mom would be like, you're not walking out like that. You got to look presentable or some shit. Right. Right. But that's like stuff that was taught to them. Like, your hair is also just beautiful. Yeah. There's no, like, celebration of individuality anymore, even though people say, don't judge me. And like, you know, don't, I'm, I'm different. No, you're not. Mm. You're exactly the same. Mm. And, you know, you got to pick what side of the fence are you on? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. are you celebrating your individuality or are you trying to be like everybody else? You can't have both, you know? It yeah. doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we need a movement too for Koreans to accept themselves for what they look like and who they are. Yeah. Yeah, like I, if, if that movement ever comes around, I'm all for it. Like, have you, have you even felt too, like, I, I feel like as I've gotten older, um, I become more and more Korean. <laughs> In a sense, like, I, it, like for me, um, like because I had a massive uh, physical change because I lost so much weight. Like one thing that happened was that I got sangapur. Oh, really? I got double eyelids, but that's because I lost weight. <laughs> that's, you've always had it. You just never yeah, do it. Yeah, I've always had it. It's just like I was just, you know, overweight, like 100 pounds overweight. That, <laughs> I have a penis. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, but what we wanted to talk about today was uh, it's a very interesting subject because it's kind of something that's kind of personal and close to us, right? Specifically because uh, Ed and I have uh, ran our parents' businesses before, mm -hmm. and we've also been a part of the small business community specifically that a lot of Asian Americans are a part of, right? Yeah. And um, there was a video that was going around that was, to me, was extremely pol polarizing in the sense that I was actually surprised by the reaction that people had when they saw this video, yeah. right? Yeah. Specifically in the Asian American community. Yeah. Um, this video uh, popped up on Twitter for me, and it was a vape store out in Vegas, right? Yeah. It was a vape store out in Vegas. It was a young Asian man that was running the store. I'm not sure if it was a family-owned business. If it was his, I think it was his business. And uh, two people came in masked, Yeah. and they came in to rob the vapes, the cartridges or whatever, yeah. right? They didn't go for the register or anything else like that, but I'm not trying to put my bias into it. But essentially, he said that he was fearing for his life. He had a knife, and it was probably one of the most horrific things I've ever seen. It was disgusting, flat out. Like, we shouldn't be watching that stuff. It, it was kind of traumatizing for me. But it was the kid who posted it himself on his Instagram. Like, oh, I didn't he know posted it himself. He put it out there. Like, he was proud of what he had done. That's what disturbs me. Yeah. And so, like, what's, what, what happens was, like, one kid snatches something and he runs out the door. The other kid jumps the counter. And so the Asian-American guy, he goes the opposite direction for a second and grabs a knife. It's like a six-inch blade. Crazy. And he goes straight for him and, like, he stabs him, like, seven times. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. 
or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Genius Brain listeners, this podcast is brought to you by Hero Bread. Listen, I've talked about Hero Bread a million times over, and I'm telling you right now, they have some of the best guilt-free bread I've ever had in my life, and I'm not just saying that. I'm talking about taste and texture-wise. You, you just can't beat it. Hero Bread has zero to one grams of net carbs, zero gram sugar, and is high in fiber. And guess what? Now it's made with heart-healthy olive oil for an added boost of healthy fats as well. I'm telling you right now, I made a BLT with this, and it was freaking delicious. If I if I eat bread, this is the bread that I'm eating. You guys have to get this. I'm not just saying it's so freaking good. You could do whatever you want with this type of stuff. I mean, they even have burger breads, right? So if you want to make a, a fire ass burger, they got like tortillas too for their if you if you eat breakfast burritos as much as I do, dude, money. It's so freaking good. It's hard to say which one my favorite stuff is, just cause like if I'm going to make a wrap or I'm going to do any type of sandwich of any sort, I'm going to use Hero Bread because I get to eat without all the guilt and it's literally my favorite. So genius brain listeners, do not miss out on this. Make sure you get Hero Bread. You will not regret it. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order for their new recipe. Go to Hero dot co and use code genius 10 at checkout that's g-e-n-i-u-s one zero at hero dot co hey all it's david so and if you want to listen to genius brain without ads now you can just go to geniusbrain.supercast.com or click the link in the episode description and you can get a one-week preview of the ad-free version for free you'll get ad-free listening to the show you can listen on almost any podcasting app and you'll be supporting my show Two. That's geniusbrain.supercast.com. Thanks. In his body, in his back, in through his, his neck. neck. I have never seen something so fucking vicious in my life. Yeah. And um, here's like, we're going to expand on this, right? But just to give you my initial initial thoughts, when I heard that kid say, I'm dead, bro, I'm dead. Yeah, that yeah. shit fucking wrecked me. And I was like, because I listen, I have been in a... My parents have a business, right? And we've had terrible situations that have happened like this where people have tried to steal stuff, swipe things or whatever. Mm -hmm. And my opinion and a topic on this was very different from a lot of people in the Asian community. They said he deserved it. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't and, believe it. I could not believe it. And, and this is from a lot of people who have never been in this position before. I have been in this position. I have never, ever thought about stabbing somebody to death. Oh, I've been in that position very recently too. And like when I put it out there on my social media, like saying, this is disgusting. It's unnerving. This is not right. I got, I get DMs like this is the majority of people support him. And that kind of, that, that set me off the edge. Like, what the fuck do you mean the majority? Like, how is it that the majority of people watching this support murder? Yeah. Murder over some fucking paper, some vapes, some cartridges. So let me, like... I understand what they're going. They're like, well, you know, you get tired of this happening to you over and over again to your store, yeah. right? 
like you get tired of being bullied, you're getting robbed or whatever. And he, you know, albeit for him, he could have said that, you know, I actually feared for my life. I understand all these things, right? Yeah. Once again, I have been in these positions before, right? My parents' store was not in a very good neighborhood. Yeah. Um, I have stories and stories of, of, it didn't happen often, but when it did, it was pretty scary, right? Yeah. People have tried to steal from us, grab stuff, swipe it, run away. At the end of the day, do I value this product that costs a few dollars, right. maybe even a hundred dollars over human life? Right. I do not agree with that. I agree that somebody has to defend themselves. I agree that in those situations, they go, well, you haven't been in that situation. Sorry, you stupid motherfucker. I have been in that situation. Right. I have and never, ever in my life thought about stabbing somebody in the fucking neck. neck. That part, he killed him like he was fucking cattle. So like apparently he, he's alive. He, he, he survived. Oh my God, thank God. I thought yeah. he died. But the other, I think the other part of the story is like he stabbed him in the spine. And that's why his legs went limp. So now he's paralyzed from the waist down. And people were like, well, that's what you deserve. No. Fuck that, dude. <laughs> no, I, I can't agree with that. Here's the, listen. It, uh, they were running away. Yeah. He was going to grab it and run. Yeah. I've had situations in my story where people are swiped so we just let them run away. Yeah. Because it's not worth it. It's not worth my life. It's not worth these products. When you, when you, Val when you are valuing your personal emotions about how you feel about getting bullied to take somebody's life away, there is some s intensive therapy that you need, right? Also, too, the reason why I say that is because I know plenty of people that I've that I've known that I've grown up with that were pieces of shit, yeah. right? Yeah. Guess what they are now? Pharmacists, doctors. <laughs> Dude, I was at a fucking wedding, and I told this story before on this podcast where there was this guy that I specifically remember, his older brother, who was a highly affiliated gang member, put a gun to my fucking dick because I made a joke at him. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. He's a pharmacist now. <laughs> he's, he's now saving lives. Yeah. <laughs> Both him and his brother are yeah. pharmacists. He's giving out Viagra now, not trying to yeah, shoot off things. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. You know? Yeah. We had this... We have this set idea that people will be the way that they are for the rest of their life. Mm -hmm. And honestly, them stealing vapes is nothing. They didn't even go for the register. They didn't go yeah. for the money. They didn't pull a gun he at your face. He even offered the money and they didn't go for the money. Yeah. And it's like they went off after some of these products. It's like, yo, these guys have a nicotine addiction. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, like you, you'll live another day and, and, and like, you know, what... I kept trying to follow up with the story, and this motherfucker did a Reddit AMA. Jesus Christ. See, this he, is what I'm talking he about. Took That's a, fucking nuts. He took a selfie to verify himself, and then you start reading his answers. He's a fucking dumbass. Yeah. All of the comments in this AMA is like, dude, delete this, you fucking idiot. Like everything you're saying, he loves it. He loves incriminating yourself. Yes, he was craving the attention for what he had done. That's fucking sick. Yeah, that is not right. If you think that's okay in this society, like we're fucked. Especially all the people who say that this was justified. Jesus Christ! You know who are the people who are saying that are people who haven't been behind a fucking register. Yeah, it's all these people who have been scrolling through their videos, watching whether it's you know. You know, Next Shark does what it can for our, our community, you know. But yeah. then there's some of these, you know, uh, Instagram pages and, and whatever, like Asian Don or Asian with attitudes or whatever. And you start reading through the comments. He deserved it. He got what he was coming to him. 
You know what that is? That's vicarious PTSD. Because these pages keep showing you Asians being fucking, you know, attacked, Asians being assaulted, and, and Asians being robbed, all these things. Yes, we need to put the word out there, right? But then you also, as a viewer, need to assess where you are and who you are in this situation. Because it's not happening to you. Yeah. But you're getting a vicarious PTSD by watching something horrible and now inside you feel all of this hate and you need all of this vengeance and all this shit, then you're not handling yourself in a situation and your own reality. You're only watching the most terrible things and you want blood. And so you see this kid do something that you fantasize about doing that this kid probably fantasized about doing because he was watching all these fucking videos waiting too. For he was waiting for waiting it. Waiting for it, man. And like I said, you and I have been in this situation. Uh, I've told the story before about the guy who, who stole a case of beer. And I was at my edge too. And I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to stop it. I'm going to tell the story again. But I'm not going to tell it from the whole court side yeah. you know, opinion of view. I'm just going to say what happened. Like I, I followed him out. He was drunk as shit. He stole our most expensive case of beer still. 22 bucks. Yeah. You know, after all that happened, like I really in the end, didn't think it was really worth it for what had happened, it, even for him. Um, I stopped him from getting back in his car. I wrestled him down. I did everything to subdue him. I didn't like beat the shit out of him, out of him like up, up front. I put him in a rear naked joke. You know, uh, he fell asleep for a few seconds so I can go grab a phone and call 911. And when I got back up, he, he, uh, when I came back out, he was up again trying to get back in his car. And so I put him down again, you know, and to the point where he was struggling with me so much, I put my knee on his, his chest and then he fucking grabbed my dick. He grabbed my dick. Now, Jesus right there, Christ. even then I wasn't like, oh, I'm going to stab this motherfucker. Yeah. No, I threw my elbow at him and I cut his, his it cut his eye open, you know, like I didn't need a knife to cut, to cut yeah. him in a sense, but I needed him to stop grabbing my dick. Yeah. And then when he fell over and then I tried to subdue him again, he grabbed my dick a second time. And that's when I- It's I, the only move I know. Yeah. Boom. So I had the phone, I had 911, you know, mm -hmm. on, on dial. And then I said, excuse me, I, had to, I have to put this phone down. Mm -hmm. And then I fucking punched him out. Yeah. I punched him out until he was subdued. I didn't need to make sure he was down by stabbing him until he was bleeding out, till he thought he was just dead. Where like he was like, I'm dead, I'm dead. Here's like the important part of this too. It's like the emotion that you felt after. It wasn't, fuck yeah, I beat the shit out of yeah, this guy. Yeah, he deserved it. I this didn't guy feel is that. on a fucking Reddit AMA, just loving it. You know what he said, dude? Like people are like, man, like what was it like in the moment? He said because of his experience playing League of Legends, fucking PC games, that his heart rate, like he's trained like in high-stress situations, and his heart rate was high, but then he kept his cool because he plays League of Legends. He's a psychopath. That's fucking psychotic and idiotic. Like, you support this, my fellow Asian-American brethren? Like, <laughs> like, seriously? That's what I'm saying. Like, what I was so shocked to read the comments saying he got what he deserved. Like, do you have any idea how frightening and visceral it is to stab something to death? Most of you won't even cut the head of a fish off before you eat it. The fuck yeah. are you talking about, you fucking psychopaths? 
I've always learned too, like from people like whether it's military or whatever, like, you know, shooting a gun at somebody is way easier than holding a knife and feeling it go into somebody's body. And he did hitting it somebody's six body. or seven times. Yeah. When I saw him go for the neck, I'm like, he's a, he's a, he needs That's to go. crazy. He either needs to, he needs to be in a psych ward or he needs to go to jail. I, or he should have joined the military. <laughs> you know, that's if you feel like you need to support your property, like some fucking, you know, vapes, you know, hey, try use that passion to, to protect his country, bro. You know, that's that's just crazy. And the, the problem with this, too, is like, you know, I read a lot of like racist comments, too. And that shit fucking killed me, too. Like, yeah. you know, I don't I don't know what the ethnicity was, but I think the young kid was was he black? Uh, no, they were white. They were white. Yeah. But talk. I read comments too. They were talking. The reason why I thought they were black is they were saying some shit like some. That. Yeah, they were like assuming that well, black people would rob these stories. Yeah, it's like, like oh, it was white people. Yeah, that was that. That's the always the thing that kind of like fucks me up all the time too. It's like um, I when, I remember when you know BLM was really hot and all this stuff was happening, right? Uh, a lot of Asian people were fucking upset at me too. They're like, well, what do you say about all these black people hurting Asian people? I was like, what do you say about these Asian people hurting black people then? Yeah, like. You, we can't, I, like I said, you, you know, you made a very poignant point. It's like this trauma porn that they keep trauma watching porn. and they believe that this is their experience. Listen, your, your personal experience with whatever community or whatever you've had is your experience, right? But I also have mine. Mm -hmm. You have to understand, I grew up in a predominantly black neighborhood, right? And I've had terrible, terrible interactions with black folks too. However, that was like maybe 1%. Yeah. That 1% doesn't take over the 99% of people that I met in my store that have supported my parents' business, they have been still coming back to this day. My parents' returning customer base is all the money that they made. Yeah, We didn't have a lot of new customers, if ever at all. It was the same people in the same community that supported us. They could have gone anywhere. They could have went to Walmart, it's cheaper. They could have gone to the other store down the street, but they always came back to my parents' store. So do I sit there as a terrible person, let this, let this a couple of terrible interactions represent what the, the kindness and humanity that I felt from the other people? And that's the hard part but that people don't do. They get eaten up by this this small part, but they forget all the good stuff that has happened. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, and, and I grew up in a predominantly white, rural white, you know, yeah, like community. Was unique. Yeah. And so, but I'll be honest, like, and I, because I've said this before on the podcast, like, I started to see myself becoming a racist against white people. Yeah. But then I also realized that I have been traumatized. Like I've said, if I see an old bald white man with a goatee, I need to fucking go the other way. Yeah. You know, because they were the ones giving so, me so much Oh shit. my gosh, don't go Steve Austin. Dun -dun 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 -dun. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Oh my God. Yeah, like, um, and I, I've had, and I went to therapy. I signed myself up for therapy because I was like, the biggest thing I hate being it's one of my worst traits is being a hypocrite yeah and me treating them the way they treat me i couldn't accept that in myself and, and i saw all the signs of it yeah and like how does that ever how, when has that ever worked you know for you to start throw, generalizing white people or like just all terrible treat somebody the way that they treated you and expect things to get better yeah. right and i understand i'm guilty of this too especially when i was younger like I, I made it a point to be like, oh, you gonna treat me like shit? I'm gonna treat you like shit back, right? And it never solved anything. It just created bigger hate, bigger hate, and bigger hate. And I just, I just can't agree with that anymore. You know, yeah. 
we can't allow ourselves to let the hate consume us. I know this is some like Jedi shit or whatever, <laughs> but it's a real like behavioral health therapy too. Like if you haven't actually been in that situation, you know, in reality, but you've been watching trauma porn all fucking day and night, like you are not having a good grip on the reality of, of the society we live in. And because of that shit getting all the views and all the likes and all the comments, those fucking Instagram pages are going to keep feeding you with trauma porn because you're going to run back to it. You get that confirmation bias every yeah. time. It's like, oh, I knew this is how these people are. Yeah. Um, one of the things, too, that you know, I'm not sure if I shared this story, too, but you know, going back to when I was talking about how trying to get – listen, I'm a very weird person in the, tense, in, in the sense of like I understand that my identity is a mixture of everything. It's like this Americanness, the you know, the black community that I was a part of, and then also my, you know, Korean culture because I wasn't born here. Yeah. So I'm just like this conglomeration of all this stuff. So I always pay due and respect to a lot of the cultures that kind of made who I am today. Yeah. Right. And it's it's not me on some woke shit. It's just like, no, I think it's dope. I I, I see that. Um and so when people come up to me and they go, well, you don't, I remember I used to hear it from some of these dweeby ass fucking Asians, like you support the black community more than you, your Asian community. I was like, really? Do you know who the fuck I am? Yeah. Why, why can't it be both? Yeah. Why is it like always two sides? Why is it so binary? Why is it so black and white? Yeah. When we call ourselves Asian Americans, like what does being an American mean to you? Hmm. Like, we found that out when we go to Korea. Like, oh, shit, we're so American. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They can see it in us. Yeah. But then I also get from, like, Korean people in Korea to, hey, embrace your Koreanness. Yeah. Hey, you're Korean. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're here, when in Rome, you know, mm-hmm. take your pants off at the <laughs> ginger pot. <Yeah. laughs> get show, naked. <laughs> yeah, show me your penis. Yeah. I don't want to see a quarter of penis. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, I'll tell you this really interesting story. And this is kind of like the, the basis of... um. Like kind of like what Gook is about, right? Well, it was the uh, when I was a kid, um, there was this lady that I remember, and she used to scare the shit out of me because every time she would come in the store and she would buy stuff, my parents never kicked her out, right? Because she was a customer. Yeah, my mom didn't care. Whatever, she's gonna pay money. She's not really doing anything besides coming in here with a fucking attitude. Right, that's fine. Whatever. But I remember this time where I was getting older. My mom's like, "Listen, you gotta learn how to like." watch some of these customers. You have to know who the ones that are are looking to steal shit and the ones that aren't, right? And so there's always like, it's always like young kids that want to steal shit. And most of the time, they're they're young. They're going to do that shit. So this lady comes in and I'm sitting there and I'm I'm going over and I'm just, I'm watching her, right? She looks at me and she starts fucking ripping into me. She goes, you think I'm a fucking steal shit? Like all you fucking like chinks and you gooks think you're so much better than that starts fucking going off on me. And she's yeah. like, you're, be- you're fucking profiting off a fucking all of our culture. And you're shit. stealing from our community. Yeah. You hear that and shit? Oh, yeah. And she on. starts screaming at me and I'm a kid. I'm like traumatized as shit. Yeah. And I don't know what to say to her. Right. And then another customer comes in and he's like, hey, leave this fucking kid alone. Um, thank God for that customer because I was about to cry. You know, I'm, I'm like fucking 10, 11 years old. Right. And I didn't think I was doing anything wrong. It's like, it's our store. I'm just watching customers, making sure they're not doing crazy shit or that they need help. Yeah. And she just berates me and I'm sitting in there just traumatized. I'm shaking. I'm shaking. I'm shaking up. Well, every time this lady came in, she would stare at me and just look at me like I'm a piece of shit. And I just, every time I, she came in, I would just cower away from her because I was so fucking scared. She was frightening. I mean, you get yelled at and chewed up by an adult like that. As a young kid, you're yeah. just scared of them. Yeah. So here's a crazy turning point. Uh, never told the story, but I was uh, 
I was riding my bike around the neighborhood. We used to live at this duplex in Sacramento called Tim Woods. Tim Woods at the time, I'm not sure how it is now, was fucking bad. Yeah. It was it was bad. There was trap houses every fucking corner, and we lived at this duplex that was connected to my uh, cousin's house. And so we were neighbors. We were next to each other, and we were fucking poor. A lot of the times, people didn't understand when they came to the store because we were business owners. They didn't understand how fucking poor we were yeah. because we were barely making ends meet. Mm-hmm. And they didn't know that because all they saw was that this person owns a business. They must be balling. Yeah. And <laughs> so I was riding my bike around, and guess who was there? The lady at the store. Right. And... I was, and she goes, hey. And I look back and I see her and I, I fucking lock up. Yeah. You know, I'm traumatized. I'm like, oh shit, she's gonna fucking chew me out. She's like, what are you doing here? And I go, I'm not saying it. She goes, she's being really kind at this mm-hmm. point. She goes, sweetie, what are you doing here? And I'm like, I live here. Yeah. She goes, what do you mean you live here? I was like, I live right there. I'll show you the house. So this is my house. And she was shocked. She goes, <laughs> You live in my neighborhood. <laughs> she was right. like mind blown. I was like, yeah, like we're poor. <laughs> I'm tearing up because like this shit fucked me up when I was a kid. Cause like I remember when I saw her, she was like, oh shit. Like her voice changed. And she was like, you're poor just like me. Ever since then, treated me so sweet. Yeah. She accepted you. She accepted me. And she didn't understand like, dude, like we're struggling every fucking day. Like I'm right here. I'm your fucking neighbor. I remember as a kid, like, I didn't realize that when I was older, I was like, fuck, these people just don't know us. Yeah. yeah. Like, they don't get it. Like, yo, like, I'm, <laughs> I'm arguably poorer than you. And I remember when she looked at us, and she didn't realize that the we had, like, this beat up, like, Toyota truck. And she was like, that's your car. <laughs> she, was like, <laughs> <laughs> she was like, this is your car. She thought we'd be rolling around, like, BMWs or some right, shit. Right. And I remember after that moment, like, she switched her tune. Like, a couple weeks after that, I was at the store. I was, like, maybe 12 years old. <laughs> Dude. Good morning. <laughs> she was like, good morning. Like, how yeah. are you doing? She's like, how you doing? She called you baby. She, she called me baby. <laughs> yeah. She would give me candy and shit. Yeah, yeah. And I, I just remember this defining moment was like, oh shit, these people just don't know us. Yeah. All she could see was like, I'm going through this struggle every day and these people are taking from my community. Yeah. And then she realized at that point, like, oh, this motherfucker's poor. He's <laughs> 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 fucking poor as shit. So- and- I just didn't understand him. Like I didn't, I thought these guys were just looking at us cause they were looking down on us, Yeah. but they're in our same community. This yeah. kid is fucking broke as shit. Every time I saw her at that point, she would say hi. Yeah. She would say hi. Here's the craziest thing about that too. I remember I went back to the store uh, after I left LA, she was still there. Mm. She remembered me, she apologized. Yeah. And that shit fucking wrecked me. Cause yeah. like, I didn't realize that she knew how like, how fucked up she was being towards me. And I, and that's what I'm saying. Like when I see that video of that kid who got who stabbed this like, young person, it's like you don't even understand. Like people can change. Yeah. You don't give people grace to change. This is why we're so fucked up. That's why I hate cancel culture. You don't ever. Here's the thing about cancel culture that fucks me up. That fucking pisses me off. You were never the person that you were five years ago. Yeah. When you judge somebody based on what they do and they don't do it now, that means that they develop themselves and they put time into themselves to be a better person. If you don't allow them to change and you still shit on them for stuff that they used to do, why change? Right. Why not stick to the same shit that you always do? If you do not accept the the, the path that they took to become better, they might as well just do the same shit. And that's what's happening. Oh, if you're going to shit on me for this word that I said or the things that I've done that I've already apologized for, that I've decisively decided in my life to change about myself, but you still hate me for it, then fuck it. Then I guess I'm going to be the same. And I've seen that. Yeah. And that's why cancel culture sometimes for me is like some of the worst shit. 
that moment when that lady apologized to me as an adult was fucking amazing. Yeah. And I'm like, holy shit. She just had to understand. And I bet you, as much as I was traumatized, that was eating her up mm-hmm. to the point where she had to see me as an adult and apologize. That's amazing. And, you know, that's the thing I fought for my entire life because we, we moved to that rural, rural area when I was in, like, seventh, eighth grade. And I'm coming from um, from a town called Federal Way in Washington. It's actually it, This town or city in Washington has the most Koreans per capita outside of Korea. That's that's what's wild to me about that statistic. Um, it like, and and so from going from there to this rural fucking town, you know, my I, I'm in seventh grade and I'm in band, right? And I I used to be first chair trumpet at my old junior high, but now I go to this new middle school and I have to be a last chair trumpet, right? And then the guy sitting next to me. Like this is my, it's our, the home class. It's the very first class of school. The first thing somebody, everyone ever said at this school to me was, I hate Japs. God damn. And I was like, well, I'm not Japanese. And he I'm goes, a gook. Yeah. <laughs> but he goes, good, because I hate Japs, you know? And my whole life there in this fucking town was me trying to have to prove my Americanness to them. But because they would never accept me, the thing I had to do was lean in more into my Asian identity, you know? And, and this is where a lot of my struggle came. Even like, you know, I, I moved to LA to do my thing and come to Koreatown because this is where I was born. This is my identity. My Hanmani still lives here and all that. And then I have to go back home and work at this store. Like that was such a huge like this is just a scary moment for me to have to go back to that. Like, man, these people are gonna treat me like shit and whatever. People are like, no, man, like you're, you're older now, things have changed or whatever, but you know what? That confirmation bias, yeah. they started treating me like shit. They didn't accept me. They told me to get out of this country. And, I'm, and I tell them, where am I supposed to go? Yeah. I was fucking born here, you know? And so have you heard me speak Korean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah, it, but they don't know that. They just hear oh, ching chong, ching chong when I'm talking to my mom, Yeah, you know? And what I know, I had a similar experience too, where the the small black community, <laughs> black community, there's like six black people. Yeah. They accepted me because they knew, hey, like we're it's a struggle out here for yeah, us. Yeah, it feels like we they, don't belong. Yeah, they they treat us like shit, you know. And so they're and I told you that that one man with the scratchy voice, he told me like, if they fuck with you, you gotta fuck with him back. You know, you have to stand up for yourself, you know, but I had an experience with one black customer who gave me shit for like, you know, stealing from the community, taking money or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like this guy works hard and here I am with this, whatever. And um, it, it got it, where we it, we almost came to blows. And I'm just like, what what did I do to you, man? What did I do? And he was like, fuck you. Fuck you, motherfucker. Until he left. And that was that incident I had with my um, ex-girlfriend yeah, yeah, at the yeah. time where she was like, I just saw two idiots fighting, you know? It goes deeper than that. And you know? so he started going to another store, which is my friend's store. And I told him what had happened. And then, so he knew the guy too. And he had to tell him, hey man, he's been here. His family's been here for 25 years. Yeah. You know, they've been part of this community. She's like, his mom is a staple in this community. They've been here. Yeah. You know, and that had, he came back 
And like <laughs> I was stalking ice cream and then I was same thing, shocked to see him. Yeah. You know, I was on my toes like, oh shit, here we go. Mm-hmm. This guy's gonna fuck me up. <laughs> yeah. But he was like, hey man, I'm sorry. Like, I didn't know who you were. You know, he was also drunk too. Yeah. And he was like, I, had a, I quit drinking, man. Like, I'm really sorry for what happened. And then I had to say, yeah, man, like, it's hard for me to live here too. Cause you know, these white people are crazy out here, dude. Yeah. They treat me like less than, they take my dignity away daily too. I don't like it either. I'm not like on that side of the fence where I think you're less than me either, yeah. you know? Like it's a struggle for both of us and we shook hands, mm-hmm. you know, and it became cool from there. I'm a chink, you're an N-word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys embraced like, each other. Like, Dude, rush hour four, man. Like, what I'm saying together. too is like, I, I really do believe in humanity. Listen, yeah. when I've done these videos where I shat on people who do fucked up things, I'm not telling you to hate them for the rest of your life. I'm talking about the instance that happened, right? Because we're asking them to load, like, be a fucking better person. Yeah, you just check them. I don't hate these people, right? And let's say later on that they stop doing it, then cool. I think that that they're good people. Changes, the ability to recognize when you're doing something fucked up and then changing it is the best part about it, right? It's like, that is why I really do believe in the human experience. Nowadays, people don't like the human experience. They expect perfection out of everybody. Nobody has, nobody's fucking perfect. People are evolving and growing all the time. And if you don't do that with conversation, you don't do it with grace, you don't allow them to change, then what's the whole fucking point? What's the whole point of living on this earth? Because I'm not the same person that I was when I was younger. Ed is not the same person that he was when I first met him either. We've all, through conversation, through grace, being friends, you know, figuring out our own path and stuff, we all became better and we all started leveling up together. Right. To, to redeem ourselves, to reconcile our relationships with these people. Yeah, and I've, 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 I've had these moments back in my past where I, I hate it, you know, and I've had to apologize for these things too. The amazing thing about that person too is that he didn't have to go out of his way to come into your store and apologize to you. Yeah. He could have just felt embarrassed, dealt with his emotions himself and just left it at that, but he wanted to rectify what he did. That's fucking beautiful, Yeah, you yeah. know? We don't allow people this grace anymore at all. And that is the pinnacle of what it is like with the human experience. And like I, I always go back to us being the church boys. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what the gospel is. Mm-hmm. It's the reconciliation of a relationship with God. But then the point of the gospel is towards each other. Yeah. How like if we can get to a point where to humble ourselves to repent, yeah. to just say sorry and ask for forgiveness, then the reciprocating part is to give forgiveness. Yeah. You know, then we can redeem our character. We can redeem ourselves. We can be new people and we can reconcile these relationships. The The saddest part about all this too, I see this kid, you know, obviously lacks a ton of foresight. You know, he, he lacked the part where like things could be better. He, to, to Reddit AMA, he thinks nothing's going to happen to him legally. Idiot. This guy is an idiot. Stupid. You know, no, because he's he's loving. He loves the bloodbath. He 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 thinks he's a superhero. No, but that that's the thing. He thinks he's being accepted into American society Jeez. for standing his ground. That's what he keeps saying. I stood my ground. I stood my ground. No, you fucking try to murder somebody. Dude. Yeah, like and over it, vape cartridges. You fucking psychopath. That's psychotic. That is not even humane. It's not humane. You know, and if we're trying to be anti-racist and to destroy this, it starts in us. It doesn't start with the government by making more laws to punish people more for their hate crimes or whatever. I mean, like that shit is justified too, but it starts with us and us being bigger, better 
people than the situations we're in. And that's the kind of thing I had to step over because trust me, you know, you saw me when I got back, I was a shell of myself. Yeah. I, I was like a bombed out person. My brain was not the same because of all the abuse I took at that store, you know, but the, the healing part came out was with being able to recognize, like, look, I had 300 customers a day, a, a day. I had 300 customers a day, one or two people were shitheads. How fucking stupid is it for me to start judging all of these white people, you know, the rest of the 298 of them as the same people as these fucking methods, yeah. racist methods. When the, you know, They're not that. And they supported us and they've, you know, come back to our business and like, that's the stuff that I'm going to bank on. And I learned that from my mom too. Like when this whole stuff was happening, like my mom was like, when the whole the BLM thing, which I was kind of surprised. She was just like, man, this is terrible. Like mm -hmm. she was talking about like, all of our customers who always come through and how great they are. It's like, they, they, I wish people would see this side because yeah. we have this store because of them. You yeah. know, they've come through. We have customers who've been coming to us for fucking 30 years, dude. Yeah. My mom, had, my mom, would to, my mom told me the, uh, the other day that she got really sad because there was a customer that she used to see every day. Um, it was a daughter and their mom and they stopped coming recently. And they, I think she found out that they passed away both of them mm. and she's met the daughter at the time that she was like 30 and the, uh so she was like 60 now but i think they both passed away and she got super fucking sad yeah and these are people that came every every week to our store and they just weren't there anymore there's she was told me that she saw a customer that she saw when she was 12 and now that girl is uh, 42 yeah she's 40 fucking two years old yeah <laughs> you know yeah. and she saw this kid grow up from being in elementary school to junior high to high school to college and then you know having her own family and now she has her own grandkids like like how can you you know be a part of that community and have zero empathy for them how can you look at them then less than human yeah you know uh, and that's what i like i i hate seeing like all these fucking comments that support this kid like these are still human beings. Their lives, regardless of how shitty they were being in that moment or whatever situation they grew up in where they felt that it was okay to steal or whatever, doesn't mean that they should have lost their lives or been paralyzed with fucking seven stab wounds. Yeah, that, that kid definitely played, he's, he's definitely played like games. Like if he's relegating the reason why he was calm is through games, he has been imagining this moment his whole life. Yeah, for a long he time. He is a fucking psychopath. If you support him in that type of sense, and not support the fact that he needs help because he's a fucking psychopath. You have some fucking issues. The man took a knife and put, tried to put it right into his jugular like he was fucking like a yeah. buffalo in the wild. Like he was livestock. Are you fucking insane? He was trying to run away and you stabbed him in the fucking back. Yeah. In his spine. That's, 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 yeah, we will say it again. I want, this kid, be, I want this kid in jail. But here's the thing, like. I'm looking at the aftermath of it too. Like if we're gonna see some foresight, like it happened in Vegas and Nevada is a red state. Yeah. I can imagine a, a jury of his peers, you know, letting him go because of what had happened. You know, like if people think that is the American way, like I feel sad for our society. Like that's not okay. You know, I think he should, he needs help, like psychotic help. Uh, he needs and the people that are damning you calling you an asshole is fucking nuts man. they're calling me naive yeah like I haven't lived through this <laughs> before when they haven't themselves yeah. it's like you are fucking insane by the like I said 
20, 30 bucks worth of fucking vape cartridges, it's not worth a human life. I don't give a fuck what you say. Yeah. I absolutely do not agree. So, so even that guy, I, you know, I beat the shit out of him over a case of beer, you know? Yeah. And then um, as, you know, time passed and I was talking to the sheriffs, I was like, okay, so, you know what, he's going to jail. And they're like, no, we're taking him to the hospital. And I'm like, Eesh, you know? Yeah, but I that's like the normal human reaction. You're not going to a ask me anything. Yeah. It's like, I, am, do you think I'm like, hey, is he going to die? Yeah. It's like, and then you <laughs> no respond. This, I watched a lot of Rocky movies. Yeah. So I was prepared. <laughs> like, I watch UFC every Saturday, yes, guys. Jesus, like, man. I well, mean, I do, but that wasn't like my inspiration. Yeah. I felt terrible afterwards, to be honest. I felt terrible. He, like, there, there were other situations I could have gone through. Like, honestly, let him go too. Yeah. In a sense, because it was like 20 bucks. It was yeah. a $20 case of beer. Well, well, guys, that wraps up this episode of the Genius Brain Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, leave in the comments below what you think about the situation. Watch that video clip. I won't be able to splice that into this video because that shit's fucking intense. Yeah, and I do not want to see that again. Yeah. Like, I, I can't I can't look at that shit. That shit is fucking horrific. Um, but you can catch Genius Brain every Sundays at 12 p.m. Uh, and you can catch Ed at Ed Park V. P, uh, DM him in more hate, please. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ready for yeah. it, dude. <laughs> uh, if you guys want to cop uh, the gear, if you can see the hat right here, Secret Society is my contemporary fashion basics brand. It's something that I'm super passionate about. Really just trying to fucking show people up that, you know, these brands are spending, making you spend $300 for shit. We can do what they do 10 times better, but at a fraction of the cost. Um, that's what we're about. Genius Brain every Sundays at 12 p.m. We'll see you all next time. Peace. Peace. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Genius Brain listeners, this podcast is brought to you by Hero Bread. Listen, I've talked about Hero Bread a million times over, and I'm telling you right now, they have some of the best guilt-free bread I've ever had in my life, and I'm not just saying that. I'm talking about taste and texture-wise. You, you just can't beat it. Hero Bread has zero to one grams of net carbs, zero gram sugar, and is high in fiber. And guess what? Now it's made with heart-healthy olive oil for an added boost of healthy fats as well. I'm telling you right now, I made a BLT with this, and it was freaking delicious. If I if I eat bread, this is the bread that I'm eating. You guys have to get this. I'm not just saying it's so 
freaking good. You could do whatever you want with this type of stuff. I mean, they even have burger breads, right? So if you want to make a, a fire-ass burger, they got like tortillas too for their – if you if you eat breakfast burritos as much as I do. Dude, money. It's so freaking good. It's hard to say which one my favorite stuff is just because like if I'm going to make a wrap or I'm going to do any type of sandwich of any sort, I'm going to use Hero Bread because I get to eat without all the guilt and it's literally my favorite. So genius brain listeners, do not miss out on this. Make sure you get Hero Bread. You will not regret it. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order for their new recipe. Go to hero.co and use code genius10 at checkout. That's G-E-N-I-U-S one zero at hero.co.